We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here today, joined by producer Cole Baby and my boy Brett Lawson in the building as well. If you guys listen to Corner Podcast for what is this? We're in year seven, I think. This marks year eight. You've heard Brett a lot, uh, especially when the old man takes his paternity leaves. Brett has joined me for a lot of shows uh, during the last time, which I guess is four years ago. Off yeah. the paternity leave, Wait, but four shows years. since. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been on other shows throughout. Brett's amazing. So always talking combat sports when he is on. Um, man, me and Brett have covered UFC events back. I think our first UFC event at the same time, UFC 182? It was, I think it was actually 175. Yeah. It was a, a Weidman, Machida, and then Rousey, Alexis Davis. That's exactly yeah, what Mandalay. Yeah, so it's it's been a long time. I don't know. We're almost 100 UFC pay-per-views yeah. outside of that because we're going to talk about UFC 273 today in our second segment. Of course, we'll have a guest from UFC as well. To wrap up the show, we're going to talk boxing because we had a big boxing weekend, and we have Spence versus Ugas coming up this weekend so a lot of repercussions in the welterweight division. To start off, though, first off, shout out to the old man. Still uh, on daddy duty. Everything's going great there. He's finding more and more time to talk shit on Twitter. So that lets me know he's getting closer to a return. It's kind of like in the WWE when they tease, like, Veer. It's just like he's he's on his Veer promo. Run. Wait, why am I not cutting this? Why why am I not doing this? <laughs> he's getting the vignettes. Hold yeah, on yeah, he's, a on, he's on the vignettes treatment. That's so what it is. Oh, okay, so yeah. we'll do like a mix of like we'll do like the Veer stuff, and then we'll like throw in like old Regal stuff. Yeah, he's Ooh. a man. Yeah, yeah like, like let's really like not after, getting, not after, after WrestleMania vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, we got to lean all the way in on his return. He's a dad. <laughs> so a real, a, real dad. Give him a new gimmick, repackage him, just yes. the, whole, the whole nine yards. Yes. Yeah. So we got to bring him back as a completely different character. Maybe he won't come back as the old man. Um, so one thing we will do, and I promise you this, he will not be introduced on his on his first show back as Andreas Hale. He will just be Hale. 
hail. <laughs> Send are, hail. That's it. Are you like really coming back if they don't take away your first name? Cor- correct. Yes. Yeah. It's not a proper return otherwise. No, no. no. And I can't take away like hail because then you just be Andreas and it's like, no, you got to be cool to just have a first name. Yeah. Like Big E. They removed Langston because he was cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone else, you lose your first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Riddle. It's just Riddle. Yeah. Theory. Theory. It's just theory. Question yeah. mark. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of questioning well, it's going that. on. You, in that you, you take this yeah. two routes, right? So you either do the remove a name or he changes up his hairstyle and his beard and he just claims he's someone else. Much yes. like a certain Ezekiel. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Shows off the physique. Next thing you know, you're all like, where's this guy been the whole time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was playing an acoustic guitar in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that was somebody different. That right. was somebody yeah. totally yeah. different. Yeah. Totally yeah. different. Suspe- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I've seen the picture. It's not Photoshop. What are you talking about? It's two people. It's would, two people. I yeah, would yeah. pay incredibly large sums of money uh-huh. for Andres to come back yeah. with his hair grown out. Uh-huh. And no beard. Oh, like, man. Insane. I think the no beard would trip me out more than the hair. <laughs> it really would. I've never seen Andreas clean shaven. Obviously, I've never seen him with hair, but I've never <laughs> seen him clean shaven. So no, one of them I'm like more used to. I'm not even sure if he's ever taken it down to the goatee. Nice. I, I've never seen his cheeks on his wow. face. Like, yeah, <laughs> but like I've never seen like his face. I I feel like I, I hear from the distance like the voice of Andreas is being thrown into the studio, just going like, "Man, stop! <laughs> you stupid!" Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, no, yeah, we gotta we'll figure it out. We'll repackage Dre upon his return, and also try to get some pictures without sideburns of any type. I've seen young yeah. young Dre pictures when uh when he had the curls for the girls, no mustache. He had nothing. So he had like the the real curly, like pretty boy, college yeah. Dre. And I don't, it's, it's kind of like when Bray Wyatt disappeared and came back as like the fiend. Cause it was just like, I've seen pictures, curly hair, super looking like 15 year old Dre. And then there's a time warp. Yeah. There's like a gap there. there. There's no pictures. That's not accounted that for. <laughs> and, and bald head. Full beard Dre. Yeah. There's, there's no intermediate period. It's A to a strong B. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I don't even, I, I've never seen him grow the facial hair. It's like it just, it woke up one day and it was like, this is it. It's, we here. Yeah. It's just a full face swap. Like like the fake Gucci man. Like you just come out <laughs> and you're just like a completely different person. And people are like, okay, like Gucci man came out with a six pack. Like, all right, cool. He, We're he doing had, this now. He had a monster beer belly before he went into prison. But yeah, no, that's that's that was Dre like in his early twenties. It's like people saw Dre this way, didn't see Dre for three years. Boom. I got I'm bald with a beard and I'm covering music. It's like that <laughs> Avengers Endgame time jump. Yeah. Just boom. That's it. Yeah. He, yeah. Just oh, jet forward. Yes. Just pop five years later, pops up on the screen. Yes, you see Andreas completely de got blitzed. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. I, that might be my theory. Well, and, well, going off of it, even in like the canon of that narrative, like the people who got blipped returned the same age and the people who blipped aged normally. So we blipped and Dre stayed right, the same exactly. Age. Okay. Uh, <laughs> exactly. All right. I blame Thanos yep. for Dre losing his yeah. hair. That's <laughs> How to be balanced. Uh, when he comes back, though, I we'll, uh, can't wait to have the old man back on set. Start this show, though. Not mad at him and his lack of hair. Or my lack of hair there. I mean, we got to stick together at this point. Mm. At least when I started the show, I had hair. Yeah. So people have seen my transition. I said that was the phase one days of the corner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had hair. No, no beard. I was baby faced with right. hair. I kept a little wispy mustache. Right. And then I went full mustache. A wispy mustache. Yeah, I, went I full do mustache, remember that. Hair and then no hair. And I grew up 
what I consider a beard and what Dre considers nothing more than a church. And then fan. meanwhile, I'm doing the whole Jewish gambit. As we talked about before the show coming in, yes. like my, my, my design, my like structure, structurally, my beard has remained the same. It's the length that is fluctuating. Yeah, it's fluctuating. Now, yeah. it's, now it's nice and trim. Yeah, it's tight. Yes, and you're going with the Canelo, a little bit of red in the beard. Yeah, just a tad cinnamon on the chin. Yes, you know? yes. It's coming to the cheeks, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're going we're like good. full red beard. Hey, we're, in we're in a desert out here. You know, you get that sun-bleached uh, facial hair. And Cole... Please don't change this look. I, I, I saw you show me the pictures of short hair Cole. Mm-hmm. I was frightened. <laughs> you know, we're just we're we've gone full fully into the gimmick. I have I have gone too far down this road to Thank back you. Now. Don't, it's, it's like when I saw Shawn Michaels lose his hat in the ring. Yeah. And, uh, when he came back with Undertaker Cole, match. Cole like I only know you with long hair. Cole's wor- he's this. worked himself into a shoe. That's <laughs> yeah, what Cole's that done. That's exactly yeah. what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept going and it was like, well. This is it this now. This is it now. I am I am now my character. My character is me. Yep. When's the last time you didn't have the beard? Uh your, your I mean, young Bucks heel beard. Uh I mean it probably probably right around the same time that I started growing this out. Cause like, yeah, I would go like like it, it fluctuates between like beard and then I'd shave it down and then it would go back to beard. Like I, I definitely like I'm always spaced out. How how long does it take you to grow that? Would you not, say? Not very long. All right. Not very long. Like, like I'll, I'll, I'll shave it down and then in a week it's already starting. And this, this goes into our opening segment. I was gonna, and, and one thing, if I could add that Cole, you get like the evil, the Chris Jericho, like early 2000s evolution, how he went through like five different looks in the yeah. span of like yeah. a, maybe a year. He had the, the cord. He oh, had, the, he had the ponytail. He yeah. had so many, the un-Americans look. And then he like, it just completely <laughs> kept transforming over and yeah. over. Cole. Yeah. How confident are you in your Boston Celtics? 100% confident. Against the Brooklyn Nets? 100% confident. People who listen to the Corner Podcast, Mm -hmm. they know I'm somewhat of a betting man. Yeah. I would like to make a beard bet. Oh, Mm. shit. (laughs) With you. Oh, no. On the Celtics. Trey? Trey? (laughs) Celtics Net Series. I mean, wait, hold on. Granted, I if wait, I shave I my beard, it's not like wait, a big deal. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I know how this goes. If Dre were here, he'd be telling me to take this because you take awful bets. I do take what awful bets. What do you bets. got, Kel? So. Okay. Granted, me shaving my beard, what does that do? Like, can, like, I mean, my beard is very. Yeah, you didn't, you don't take enough thin. of a loss there, right? No, there yeah. There needs to be more consequence. I feel like this. Right. Like, what, what can I do? Sure. Like, um, the equivalent of you losing a beard. I mean, sometimes I get lazy and grow my hair out, but it's not like I'm overly bald or I'm going to have like a George Jefferson. So it still doesn't <laughs> look like atrocious if I grow my hair out. That would be the opposite. Sherman Helmsley Kettle. <laughs> How about this? I love it. I, I will say this. Okay. And this is this is a stiff bet. Okay. So you got to give me, not odds, but we're, we're going to have to not let you grow your beard out for like a month. For like a month? Yeah. Okay. But what, what about you? On my end, yeah. If you're growing Celtics, out your hair, if the Celtics lose to, or excuse me, if the Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets, okay, I will retire my DCs forever. Whoa, Whoa. black and whites. Whoa, and I, 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 just the saw, I just saw the control room pop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a part time on the show, and I know how big Whoa. that is. Even yes. I know how monumental I'm that would that be. That confident in Brooklyn. What? Yep. You've seen you've seen the Brooklyn Nets play defense. I've seen them play defense. I am that confident. Are you confident enough in your Celtics to go baby face for a month? A hundred gajillion percent. Oh, I'm going to take be, this. This will be a blast. We'll then. shake on it. This will be a blast. That is a bet. Can I? Can I then? <laughs> we uh, have it. 
Yeah. So now can I do my heel promo? For yes. The, yes. Celtics? Okay. This- listen, understand, understand <laughs> this. There is something I'm trying to do on Twitter. Follow me on this journey as I try to document all of the morning writers and all the morning people who go on the sports centers, they go on NBA TV, whoever's covering basketball, whoever claims to be covering basketball. This is when you're going to know who has watched some basketball this year and who has not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I obviously have not. Am I adding my and name to this list? Yes, you are. Okay. You are 100% adding yourself to this list because He's the on Celtics, the combat beat. Yes, the Celtics. Yes. Okay. There was a, there was a dark, there was a dark time before the empire in which we played a hundred games over the past like year and a half. And we were 500 basketball team. It sucked. My dad and I had a lot of long conversations. <laughs> it was tough. They were, they were talking about fire and email. They were talking about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They can't play together. Marcus smart. He's not point guard. Get him out of here. Wrong, 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 wrong. 28 and seven over the past 35 games. This is and they have break played when you lose this. They game. have played so many good teams down the stretch here and they didn't beat them. No, 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 no. They obliterated them. They took their souls they went into their home courts. They went out west. They were at Golden State. Uh, out of here. Kyrie's going to show Denver. up with some sage. He's going to bless the oh, court yes. and drop 50 oh, on you. Oh, yes. Game Kyrie one. Irving. And see, this has nothing to do with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I have no problems with Brooklyn. I've okay. been to the Barclays Center. Barclays Center is a lovely place to catch a game, and it's far cheaper than MSG. So, especially mm-hmm. when the Nets are bad, seven-buck tickets, yep. I recommend. <laughs> no, no, no. This 100% has to do with Kyrie Irving. And... People have mistakenly already been like, ooh, it's because he stepped on the logo. No, 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 no. That is a that is the meme that I always go to. So you will see on my Twitter page. Can't I step oh, on the logo? He, he stepped on the logo game after game four last is that year. like a problem? He stepped on the logo. He, he just, he just, it was symbolic. He stepped on the logo. I hate like Boston fans. And this is going to segue into this the next. Like, yeah, this is I hate Boston fans. No, 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 everything's but, but, a big deal. No, no, no. But, like, but that's never been a thing. No, but, in Boston. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not necessarily a thing, but it's the fact that he goes like, oh, like I don't concern myself with this beef. And then he immediately inserts himself into it. You don't like Kyrie how he's goes back and forth. Literally. Constantly. They step on that center logo. No, 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 but, but it's not, no, 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 ago. I understand what, I understand what you're saying. It's not necessarily like the running over. It's the fact that he walked to it and did a very purposeful motion of stepping on the logo. Like he wanted, he wanted people to see that. Mm. Understand. Did he full T.O. like the, cr- of the cross the, pose? Yeah. The star? <laughs> no, he didn't, but he made it very, very Oh my God. Yeah. He, like, Is it something only it was, Boston yeah. fans will pick up? Like you guys were really observant of Kyrie. No, and like, no, I think if anyone, if anyone, logo. if anyone had, no, 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 it's not about stepping on. Like, it's not like he could have walked over the logo. That's fine. No, okay. he made a purposeful gesture yeah. to do that. And it was because it's his old team, his old team in which he promised, Hey, Hey Boston, what's going on? He wanted to make I'm a gonna, statement. I'm right. going to re-sign with you guys. I love it here. And then immediately the season starts going haywire and he starts burying his teammates in the middle of the season. The whole organization is bending over backwards to make Kyrie happy. None of it's making the team better. Tatum and Brown are getting upset. I would argue if you would have just trusted the process. Shout out to my <sighs> Philly people. Uh, <clears throat> and he stayed, what? he would have been better at Marcus Smart, and then you would have had a legit title opportunity. No. I, it's been a blessing in disguise that he better without Kyrie. Yeah, it's been a blessing in disguise. That's what makes this bet so because, much better because, because break his heart when because he Kyrie is, I'm, I'm sorry, he's like when he is I defending Kyrie 
like as a fan when he was on the team was obnoxious. It was because he just like he waffles back and forth. Who is he in pro wrestling terms? Who is he in pro wrestling terms? Hmm. Randy Orton probably up until a few years ago. In all Hmm. honesty, when Randy Orton was like, Kyrie is better as a heel. So I like the Randy Orton comparison. Rand- because remember when Randy Orton was Randall like- Randall Keith makes sense. Yeah, Randall Keith for a few years was like really hot and cold. It was almost like Randy Moss. Are we going to get good Randy or are we going to get lazy Randy tonight? It was kind of like that for about, what, 2012 to about 2014, 2015? Yeah. But anyways, what this comes down to in the series, we go back to this year, right? The Celtics have turned it on. Yeah. The Celtics have the best offense in the league. They have the best defense in the league. Robert Williams or not. They've been very good. And it's so it's no, okay. there is not or not. It's <laughs> not. No. Not Robert Williams. Not. I, we're, Daniel Tice has been amazing. Okay, but you said Robert Williams or not. Like, yeah, there's there's we're no like, or. Okay, he's not no, coming no, back. It's like it's like fucking like Dragon Ball Z. Like we're already Super Saiyan, right? But then Robert Williams coming back. It's like it's like we haven't even achieved final form yet. Okay. Like oh we're, st- we're still metamorphosizing. We're still, you guys haven't even listen. And we're Tatum's still great. And Tatum could drop 40 on any night. Tatum's the best player in the series. Night. That is unequivocally false. <laughs> you can't even. The fact that you said that with a straight face is disturbing. Camera, camera. I want. I want. He's this doing it. He's doubling down. Tatum is the best player in this series. You're lying to yourself. No, I'm not. Kevin is very good. Durant is very good. <laughs> very good. Very good player. That Giannis fell out in Milwaukee, also a very good player. Now, no, 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 that's it. In We're series. in a Milwaukee series. You'll change Giannis your, is the best player your, in that series. Okay. Yes. Well, then Kevin let me, Durant. Uh-huh. Healthy as he is now. Sure. Is the best player on the planet. Well, on the, yeah. No. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is this more of an indictment on Kevin Durant, or you just feel that strongly about Tatum? Or is it a combination of I both? I think, well, part of it is, is, is Kevin Durant has been playing, like, 42, 43 minutes yeah. all year long. Oh, and, yes. and when yeah. you're watching them play defense, the, the number of times he's getting blown by right now, because he's fucking gas. Because mm-hmm. Steve Nash has no choice. He has to play Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is that guy. It's, for which, that. And it's a very top-heavy team as it is anyway. It's, yeah, it's, it's going, guys. Yeah, it <laughs> which is false. That trade with the Sixers, well, bringing in I, a bunch of three-point shooters, I was just about to helps say, a ton. And I was just about to say, you, even before we came on the air, before yeah. we went live, you were actually a big proponent of Ben Simmons kind of having a bit of a, if not a renaissance, ben but a, a coming out party back. as a Brooklyn Net anyway. If Ben Simmons comes back and plays starting game two, yeah. this won't make it to game six. Oh, man. So you, so you, not, only, game you six. not only think that, so you think Simmons could be the deciding factor. I think he shuts down Tatum. <laughs> Tatum won't score more than 18, 20 points. Get the ISO shot. Say it on the ISO shot. 18, 20 points a game? I think he shuts down Jason Tatum. You're wild. And granted, this is a combat sports podcast, but we don't care. We're talking basketball. It's playoffs and Cole's unbearable. I think he holds Jason Tatum to 20 points or less. Because you've in, always been a Simmons. three of the five games. And you've always been that. more of a Simmons guy than most anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, not as much well, as Dre, but yeah. Well, because yeah. the things he does well, you do he have to admit he does very, very well. well. And on this but team, the he doesn't have, but, have to score. True, because the things that he didn't do well were obviously that much more yeah. apparent in Philadelphia. For this team, hmm. he is a better version of whatever the hell Draymond Green has been in Golden State. As in like collectively or recently? Like you're, you're hesitating during their run. That's ridiculous. He could that be a ridiculous. better version of could that. Could be, could be. Okay, that's fair. He's but, not. No, but we've well, seen him because he hasn't done enough for Brooklyn. Right, right, right. When he's plugged into a lineup like this, that's still a big if for me. He can though. be. He's a. 
his flexibility as a defender is not like he has to guard a ton of people on the no, on the post, right? I, I so agree. like I don't think I'd rather he, a great perimeter defender than a great low post. I defender. agree, and he could do that just like Draymond can. There may be elements he could do even better because yeah, he has an passing. Edge, he has an edge in athleticism in certain uh, aspects. I don't think he could be the offensive asset that Draymond was for Golden Draymond State. Draymond was averaging eight nine points in the playoffs. Honest to God, he was. But, Look at his stats. But yeah, his that, that, and that rebounds is, no, that is true. were through the roof. That is true. Regular, I think he can rebound. He, Draymond always tallied off as a score yeah, in the postseason. And then yeah. I think he can rebound. I know he can rebound. And I know in the second unit, when you have three-point shooters, well, you got the um, the other Curry, I think, out there. Yep. Um, who else is there? The well, I mean, that's what shooters? even Golden State. Oh, wait, uh, but they the have a bunch of three-point shooters. Well, who they are do. they? Uh-huh. Uh, they came from Philly. Uh, okay, even, even Golden State had that when Golden State had a much more well-rounded yeah. bench, and Draymond's, you know, they could make up for that if Draymond wasn't firing on all cylinders back in, you know, 2015, 2016. Yeah, I, I think I he still do what he does very well. I get where you're coming and from. the best thing he has to do is just limit Tatum. When you don't have to worry about offense mm-hmm. and you only have to worry about defense sure. and exerting all your energy there goes a long way. Tatum cannot say the same. He has to worry about offense and defense. I'm just talking about on an energy as like a two, As a two-way player. Because yeah. he needs yeah. to defend Kevin Durant for you guys to have a chance. No. No, he doesn't. You're not putting him on <laughs> Kevin Durant. No. He okay. will he will he will match up with Kevin Durant, but yeah. it's it's Ben Simmons won't match up with anyone else it's by, besides Tatum. It's by committee. Our defense switches constantly. For those who watch basketball, <laughs> I've watched all my Celtics games this year. We, we switch constantly. Okay, so Kevin Durant's going to see a lot of Marcus Smart. Please, Kevin Durant is going to see a lot. Six foot one Marcus Smart. A lot of Jalen Brown. Six eleven. And the whole Durant. thing, but the whole thing is look, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant's going to go get thirty. Like Kevin Durant is an elite basketball player. There's Ooh. no question about it. Yes. You'll get no doubts. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. He'll probably have a couple of games here where he'll go 20 and 30. Yep. What's going to be hilarious is when he has the game where he has like 16 points on like six to 24 shooting. And we just all bring up the Milwaukee series from his last series with Boston. It was great in which he was minus gajillion. Um, but after that, what Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown's going to beat me. I and mean, that, after that, who's going to beat you on the Celtics. And I said that's so it's, and it's interesting because who you're basically saying who is going to counter You're looking for at Boston. it too individually. Right. Like, okay, if you're gonna so look at it in a box. Goran Dragic back, Seth Curry off the bench shooting threes. And you say what you want, but Seth Curry is Seth Curry's top, a great three point shooter. Top five three point percentage in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Patty Mills backup point guard. You have Andre Drummond's a bum, whatever. <laughs> you have Andre Drummond down low taking up fouls and just yeah. clogging the paint. Sure. Blake Griffin's going to give you eight very mediocre points. But even with... Blake Griffin's not playing. Is he out? He's not out. He's not in the rotation. Uh, Blake Griffin doesn't play basketball for them. As he should. I mean, he, as he should be in there. As he should not. It, no, he yeah. should no, be in there. It's, it's Claxton who comes in off the bench yeah. and a, a person named Kessler Edwards. And Bruce Brown. And yeah. Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty plays. How old is Patty now? Patty's. I think he's in his 30s. Yeah. Nick Claxton is back in center. Nick Claxton's fine. Look, but look, I don't think Claxton's going to. I don't know if they lean on Claxton. Yeah, look, the, 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 the roster for the Nets, like, if you want to go up and down and list your names, you can list your names and say and convince yourself that's a decent enough roster. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you want to go look at names in the Boston roster and you want to go, okay. 
if if I'm going by names and names individually alone, they I don't can talk, stand out. I can talk myself into this. Okay. The difference here is how both teams are playing basketball. Right? Yeah, and like a sum of the parts type of approach. When you look at how they look at how they look collectively, the top heavy aspects of the Nets aren't going to matter as much. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously the Nets are going to get the chalk. A lot of people are going to expect the Nets to win. That's understandable. I just find it funny how staunch both of you two are. I am but that's so the thing. confident. But that's, but that's, that's what that, I, that's what makes it fun. I'm happy. I, my you're DC's so confident. On the yeah, line. I'm happy. But I'm you're, here so, for this. you're so confident so because confident. you haven't watched basketball all year. I. The Celtics, the way they are winning all year, so I don't need to watch it all year. They've been together like eight games. Jason Tatum, yeah. The thing that Jason Tatum has done this year, and what makes him a very special player, and what has taken him to the next level, is you can no longer double team Jason Tatum. Can no longer do it because Tatum's passing has gone to an elite level, and it's made everybody on the Celtics better. So Jalen Brown, all of a sudden, quietly, he's putting up. He's coming off his best stretch of his career going into the postseason. In the last 35 games. After last, a year. Last 35 games, he's been very good. But okay. this particular last couple of weeks, Jalen Brown's been playing unbelievable basketball. And that so actually, I, for this series. I will Marcus say, Smart yeah. has become the point guard of this team. Okay. Our problem sometimes, where the Celtics' weakness is, and this is how you beat the Celtics in a game, is they're too lackadaisical with the basketball and they start turning over. That is when they struggle, and that's when other teams go on runs. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. They control the basketball, though. They play their same kind of defense. Al Horford's been amazing. Daniel Tice has been a godsend. Because thank, thank God, because Robert Williams goes down and Daniel Tice is not there, we're in trouble, 100%. 100%. But because we have Daniel Tice, Daniel Tice familiar with the system already. All right. He comes back in. He's playing next to Al Horford. Our defense has, yes, there's going to be a drop-off because Robert Williams is that fucking good on defense. So it's just like Our defense is another level when Time Lord's out there. But Daniel Tice has been more than sufficient in the backup. And he's also providing points. Then I can't wait got, until what, got, Sunday's game one. Sunday's game one. Grant Williams comes off the bench. You want to talk about best three-point shooters this year? Grant Williams is up there. Okay. Go look at the stats. I can't wait Derek until White. not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. Huh? When the series is rolling. Yeah. And I get to sit here like, Cole, I'm going to miss that beard and mustache. Derek White coming in off the bench. <laughs> the analysis is not done. Derek, Derek White is coming See, in off the bench, and then Derek White and, and Marcus Smart are playing defense on people. They're shutting people down. And then you got little Peyton Pritchard, who is shooting like 50% from three the last month. Peyton Pritchard. I love that you love the stats. My thing here is. Well, you just, you just, went, down, you just went down and named names. So you gave me names. I gave you stats. Yes, I love that. And that lends to your confidence. Yeah. As it should. As it should. <laughs> It's a false confidence, but that's fine. It's not a false confidence. It's cool. This is why, outside of Cole, who I like personally, I wholeheartedly dislike Boston fans. (laughs) Because Boston fans... We are obnoxious. There's no doubt about it. ...are staunch in their belief Uh that their team Mm -hmm. is better than it is. Wait, you mean the 2008 Celtics aren't the greatest NBA team of all time? I will tell you this. <laughs> you mean, when you the mean 12 Sox, years later, they still aren't? Even when the Red Sox win, the title gets talked about I was going to say, I don't mean to cut you off. What, like, why do you think that is milked as much as it is? Because this is Boston. This is, uh, the Patriots have six. The Red Sox in recent years, ever since the curse was broken, have become a prominent franchise. Five? The, the Red Sox since in, the curse was broken? Since the curse oh, was broken. Oh, yeah, 04, 07, 13, and then the most, 18, and then yeah. 18, right. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, I've always. How won. many the Yankees got in that in that time frame? Oof. We have twenty-seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you want to start? Yeah, we have twenty-seven in a we large time frame. Yeah, yeah, we can back, start. yeah. Back in my day, when yeah. we were winning championships with like four teams, and we were all eating hot dogs. Yeah, okay, sure. Let That's me. Uh, let Do me you want to see that. Derek Jeter's hand? Derek Jeter can show you his hand of rings. Man, hey, I can I can I look at that camera again? You know. I just want to once again just shout out that one person that didn't vote Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and not making it was cool. It you was are a hero. You are a hero uh, because if Derek Jeter played anywhere else. We're not nearly talking about him as much as we are. Good player, don't get me wrong, but because he was a Yankee. This he has gets, been a growing argument. This Cole. has been a growing a argument Yankee. in recent years. <laughs> because no, he won. This has been a growing argument in recent years. There's been like this almost collective like opinion growing that Jeter is simply inflated. His, his legacy is inflated because of where he played. That opinion is coming from Boston. I and this is where <laughs> I believe so this too. Is where yeah. we continue. There are just we're right, but that's okay. And it leans into yeah. our Mount Rushmore question. Okay. for the day, who has the most? Who's Mount Rushmore? Of annoying fan bases, combat sport, or oh. excuse me, an annoying fan bases in general, all sports fan bases. Who are the Mount Rushmore of annoying fan bases? I've always been a partial myself. Got to give four. Oh man, you have all four. No, not, not together. I have to get some. So we have to list them all together. That's yes. rough. All right, I will give you four, and I can go right off the top of my head, and I even write this down and think about it. Number one, Boston as a collective. But I don't mind Patriots fans. No, they're not like, that I, bad. I, I, I don't mind Patriots fans. Celtics fans, call aside. I don't mind Celtics fans. Outside of 08, Celtics fans are bad. They're not bad. It's just the 08. Even 08. They're yeah, not, they're it's not just horrible. the 08. Hey, the, hey, the team hey, annoys hey, me hey, more than hey, the fans. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. The doc, like Paul, Doc, yeah, KG, like, all them. Yeah. They didn't talk to Ray Allen yeah, for a while. Right. Like, the teams, like Rondo was on the outside. Um, Perk Sheed, is weird. Sheed. Yeah, Perk, I love hey, Sheen. Hey, like, hey, hey, Perk hey, acts hey, like Perk, he did more than he hey, did. Perk, Perk, is, Perk is part of the worldwide leader. You got to be careful. With I that. understand. Perk, Perk's an established media Perk, as a person. He's an established media personality. As part sir. of that team, it's yeah. I'm like every time Perk talks, I'm like Perk. You think you averaged 21? You think you were? Like, you think you were Rondo? Like, yeah, like, Rondo was the secret formula. So Rondo, people don't like Rondo too much. They kind of like tossed him to the side. Like it was a bunch of old grumpy men and Rondo. Who's mm-hmm. a young grumpy man? I just don't like the team, but the fan base cool. Boston Red Sox fans take the cake. Boston not, Red Sox fans, so they lead the way on your Mount as a Yankees Rushmore. fan. Yeah, I would give them number two on Mount Rushmore. I would say they take the cake because Cole is here, but no, they're number two. Number one, most annoying fan base in the world, Dallas Cowboys. Mm. They annoy me even more because a good seventy-five percent of them mm-hmm. are also New York Yankees fans. Yeah, I'm or like, Los Angeles Lakers fans. Yeah, I'm like yeah, for what? Yeah, why? You ain't from here. Anyway, Jerry's World is the house that Eli Manning built. Mm-hmm. So I can forget. <laughs> These are facts. <laughs> no one wants to see Elijah Manning in that building. Not at all. Um, not even for like, not, yeah, not even for promotional purposes. No. Nope. That man owns them. So Cowboys fans are the worst, followed by Red Sox fans. Mm-hmm. Now is where we get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. Because now this is where the toss ups come. Yeah. I like one of Cole's suggestions, but I'm not, I'm not going to steal his thunder. He's great on that. I will then say, out of kind of left field Mm -hmm. on this one, I really, 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 and I know we're in Vegas, this blasphemous. I have grown to wholeheartedly dislike Golden Knights fans. Oh, I'm with you. I am with you. They are the most entitled fan base. Boom. You're not supposed to be here. 
You're not supposed to make these playoff you runs. Pa- they're pampered. Pampered. They're spoiled. I love the I team. Cannot, yeah. yeah. I Nothing love the team. And I loved how the fans have like, I love how people who actually like hockey have invested in it. But the casual fan base, it's golden, the worst. And everyone's a Golden Knights fan. Yeah. Everyone suddenly is a hockey fan. And they're all like, we deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Or we need to do it. You don't deserve anything. We're an expansion team. Yeah. And you didn't have to go through the re- the regular woes that expansion fan bases have to go through always in every sport. They changed the rules because you were, guys are obnoxious. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I love that when they're doing well, it's great for the city. It's done phenomenal things for the sure. market, for the sports culture. But just how, like you said, how entitled, how they believe they should be gifted something because they got such a gift in that first year. So I'm not even saying it's that they're, they're not dedicated, that they're fair weather. It's just that they're... Their expectations are so skewed to me. 100%. Yeah. And then next, my fourth spot, and this only comes around every four years, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly dislike international, like, not club, international soccer fan bases. So, like, world people get hyped for the World, world Cup, Cup only? Yeah. Oh, I love Spain. Have you ever been to Spain? <laughs> <laughs> No, you wear this jersey. Are you a traveler, the other, sir? Yeah, the other three years. Oh, are you wearing this oh, jersey? I'm sorry, so you're German. Yeah, like yeah, you love the German squad. Huh? No, like, you're oh, not German. When was the last time you went to Argentina? Yeah. No, but you got this white and let me see your ancestry. Jersey. Yeah. yeah, let me see your genealogy. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay if you even visited. You even visited. But now, if they're rooting for now if they're rooting for the United States, do you hate the? Are you are you not a fan of though? No one roots for the United States. Wow. There, I don't know. There have been, there, there been a couple years where you get like, you know, that, that token white guy who says, oh, all of a sudden after dragging soccer every waking day of my life, I like it now because the states are playing. Like Landon Donovan in 2010. The, I like them. Those are the guys yeah. who like go to UFC events and shit. USA. 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 When someone's clearly born in the US. Yeah. Like Usman is fighting Kobe yeah. and they're like, USA. USA. <laughs> US. I'm like, yeah. Really? Those yeah. are the same people. He was sure. a national. So I just, he was I just an American amateur yeah. wrestling yeah. champion. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I dislike those champ. people in general. Yeah. No. So yeah, they'll throw okay. on a USA I, soccer jersey. No, but like, I'm okay. Like you like Team Mexico, like all this stuff. Like even if you're Irish, cool. Like some lineage, mm. like you can attach. If your family has German lineage, cool. I understand this. I get it. You got to set foot in the country. Who are just like, yeah. Oh my God, when Brazil had their run and they had Ronaldinho and everyone, no. I just felt like slapping people walking down the block during that World Cup. Mm. I'm like, no one knew anything about Brazil. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Oh, but everyone's now a Brazil. Well, we fan. love Ronaldinho. That's it. And I haven't seen a yellow jersey since. Since then, yep. Since. Yep. Since Ronaldo came on the scene and all the, I haven't seen a yellow jersey since. I That's can't a good stand one. it. Those are my four fan bases. Who you got? Two of mine are the same. I have, oh. Bo- I have Boston in it. I, I agree with you on the Knights. I'm throwing Pittsburgh in there. I, res- I actually enjoy yeah, watching Steelers? the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. My apologies. Yeah. I, I'm throwing the Steelers in there because Steelers fans, it's always, it seems they truly believe they're like the, it's like an AB conversation and they're the C who has to force themselves in. They always somehow try to skew and like shift the conversation back towards the Steelers. That's why in a way when the new, when new England won their six, I was so grateful because now the Steelers fans can't brag that they're the only one with that number with (laughs) the most. I respect the club to, to the moon and back the the team itself, the hall of famers, all the, the owners, the coaches, I could go on and on about their legacy in that regard. A lot of respect there, but the fans 
Most of them who don't even really know the team's history that well. A lot of them who were born and raised out in Vegas or somewhere. Yeah, you know, in there's the a West lot Coast, of Steelers. There's a lot of random Steelers. Random. And I'm okay with that, especially because if you have a, a family and you know your roots and your upbringing, a lot of them. A lot of them that, just like the color. Yeah, a lot of them like the color. And a lot of them jumped on, at least through the millennials, because of the Wiz Khalifa song. Yeah. I am not kidding. There were a lot of people who were walking through the hallways just rooting for the Steelers that year the black because and black and yellow dropped. I, yeah, I was in, yeah, that's where I was literally in yeah. school just outside of Pittsburgh when that song came out. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, I bet it was brutal. And the, Are so, they worse than? Eagles fans? I think Eagles they're, I think are, they're not ooh. as, I don't think there they is a balls. At I don't, yeah. I don't think there is a, as quote unquote rabid as Eagles fans. I think they're more annoying in the fact that if the conversation does not revolve around the Steelers, they make it revolve around the Steelers. Sure. You could talk football with an Eagles fan and they don't have to bring up Philadelphia. You're going to be hard pressed to talk football with a Steeler fan and never once have the black and yellow pop up they're, they're, And the old heads are going to find a way to mention Jack Lambert, just like the new heads are going to find a way to mention, you know, Troy Palomalo and anyone else. Like they, they really, really feel that if you're talking football, you have to lead the conversation with Pittsburgh. So that would be in my, my, Who's your last one then? my four. Oh man. Ooh. Okay, I'll, I'll say this, and we, we're not just talking team sports, right? No, I'm talking. I'm going to say combat sports. No, wait, save that. Okay, we're so we're doing a separate combat. Oh combat. man, that's tough then. Because mm. there is someone who sticks in my craw. In yeah, combat sports. Yeah. Okay, I'll say. I'll say this: the people. Uh, it's not so specific to a certain type of team. It's a type of fan. The freaking weirdos who are still thinking that the quarterback position is played in a certain statuesque, stand in the pocket, <laughs> mobile, scared of anybody mobile or anything of that nature, that type of approach. I hate that. The anti-Lamar yeah, Jackson. This whole, exactly. This whole quarterback wins from the pocket thing. Okay, Dan Marino's arguably the best pocket passer of all time, and he doesn't have one. So a type of quarterback doesn't win Super Bowls. A caliber of quarterback wins Super Bowls. And Dan Marino was obviously good enough. He wasn't on the team. So think about how many pocket passers are never going to win it. Justin Herbert is like flawless as a talent. He may never win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So the whole argument about you have to do this, this, and this and check all these boxes, that's one of my biggest pet peeves because even guys who check those boxes still couldn't do it. It took Elway forever. Spoken like a Giants fan yeah. who has Daniel Jones yeah. in their center. And exactly, but that's just multiple thing. I think <laughs> people are so, it's a combination of people being afraid of change and evolution with the quarterback position and people also just being so stuck in their ways based off the Montana and Brady type of yeah. heroes they grew up with. Okay. Do you yeah. dislike Tom Brady now, by the way? Just aside? Oh, I mean, no, you're a I'm Broncos a, I'm a Broncos fan. Yeah, yeah. So I, Tom Brady, very... Whatever. I don't care. Um... I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a lot of enemies if anyone listens to this because I know a lot of people in these fan bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like those people, I get along with these like some some of these fans great, and so I like I like to make exceptions for people. But right. in general, you know, uh, gonna go okay. I'll, I'll go kind of kind of in reverse order, although I haven't really finalized this order. But the Pittsburgh connection is pretty good. I think I'm gonna lean towards Philly though. But I'd like yeah. to do like a Pittsburgh slash Philly. Uh, it's a Pennsylvania, but especially thing. yeah, it's a it's a PA thing. Yeah. Um, but especially especially Philly fans. Oh man, just or um, just not the Phillies, but like just Philadelphia. Yeah, fans all in general. Sports. Just 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 <laughs> all of them, especially people who are like all about trust the process and the Sixers. Oh. And <laughs> trust then, the eight year and, trust and, the eight year and process. They've lost eight out of nine playoff games to the Celtics. <laughs> Stats. Um, <laughs> so I'll go there. Um, three. Here you go. So uh, as for part of my hockey fandom here. The worst hockey fans reside where the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm, oh. And it's not just because of the people who root for Toronto. Because you want to talk about like, the Toronto Maple Leafs are like the Dallas Cowboys yes. of Canada, right? They are 
Like so many people flock to that team as like, we're the Maple Leafs. We should be doing all this. They haven't won in forever. They won a playoff series in forever, right? <laughs> but they are like royalty up there. And then the media, oh man, the ho- Canadian hockey media loves the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I saw that. They get like the treatment about- you think Montreal would get or something like yeah, that, but, right? Uh, but they, but nobody likes Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Which is so, so ironic. Yeah. So yeah. So then Montreal has Montreal has a very like like Calgary like has a very like bad complex up there where it's like. Everyone hates us. We're the Canadians. So, like, nobody likes Montreal, but t- Toronto Maple Leafs fans are obnoxious, and the Toronto media is obnoxious because anytime they do something good, oh my god, we're the best team on the planet. Yeah. They lose two games in a row. Trade everybody. <laughs> Clean house. Um, number two, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. That would probably fans. be my you thought. On the Lakers, I, the fans. Do you want to know fans. why? Lakers fans. Do you want to know why? Because their fans, their fans aren't real. Yep. Now that said, there are exceptions. We we just had a Lakers podcast in here, and, and Trevor, you are lovely. Um, but mo- a lot of Lakers fans, like this year, they'll tell you they're not Lakers fans, yeah, because they just check out. Fair weather, you know. Very like fair I, I sat there and watched my Celtics team be a miserable five hundred with two star players, and wondering if they were going to trade it because I'm a goddamn fan. You were in the team. trenches. Yeah. I'm in the trenches because that's my team, yeah. and I love them. Lakers fans, they just check out whenever they want. Heck, when Lob City was there. They're all Clippers fans. Yeah. Because Lob City. Yeah. They're embarrassing. There was embarrassing. There was a long low period with the Laker fandom up until 2020. Number and number one is a New York baseball team. And it's not the one you'd think of as a Boston Red Sox fan. (laughs) It's not the Yankees. Yankee fans don't bother me, Kel. Yankees fans don't bother me. You guys don't bother me. Uh, you don't. You, know, you don't like, bother me because you're not. You're, you guys. Yeah, you're <laughs> Even not. Though you're, you led the, the well, conversation. Yeah, with, yeah. You hate us because we're winning a lot now, and you yeah. not so much. So yeah. he's not wrong. Um, yeah. a lot, like a lot. I'm, I'm sorry to everybody <laughs> I know that's a Mets fan, but most Mets fans are just. It's it was downright painful, and I was there in New York when the Mets went to the World Series to play the Royals. When their team is bad. The Mets fans whine. When their team is good, <laughs> Mets fans whine even more. It's embarrassing. Like the amount of people that just like couldn't find, they can't be happy. Yeah. They cannot be happy with anything. And maybe that's a complex from being in the same city as the New York Yankees. There's probably like a Napoleon complex yeah. happening there. I don't know what it is, but y'all got to get it checked out because it is a problem. Okay. It is a problem. Like it's, it just it bugged the shit out of me. I was like, can't you be happy when your team is doing good? And then, like, they'll want to talk shit when the game's not on, but as soon as the game comes on, silence. Complain, 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 yeah. complain. Oh, Matt Harvey only went seven innings, and, right. oh, he gave up three runs. Could have given up two. It's like, shut up! Yeah, they're, they're, very vo- the they're very series. vocal on Twitter in the immediate aftermath yeah. of games. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Most all- Mets fans, I can't. I can't do it. And again, I know a lot of Mets fans. A lot of them are Knicks fans. And the woe is me just travels. Oh, yeah. Woe is me travels to Knicks fans. Yeah. Yeah. It it hurts. I'll never never forget, you know, game one, two, and three in the cities. Bing bong. And (laughs) where's all the bing bongs now Now. that they didn't make the play? It was fun while it lasted. And it's it's much like what uh, you were just talking about opening up with how um, there's certain like thing. We talked about the Celtics, how they're so latched on the team itself, even aside from the fan base, how they're so latched onto that one title. With the Mets, it's actually more so the fan base than the team. I know obviously you're going to have like 30 for 30 docs with, you know, all these players talking about reminiscing as you should, but the fans, the way they talk Talk about 86, it's probably worse than Boston oh. fans with 08. I wasn't even alive. So <laughs> um, let's go to our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the MMA version of fan bases, the boxing version of the fan bases, 
pro wrestling version of fan bases and who are the worst fan bases in combat sports. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll come back with that. And then we're also going to talk about the entire boxing slate coming up this weekend. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, just that quick, we are back. Before we jump into boxing and talk about that, and before we get into UFC 273 recap in our last segment, um, well, I guess second to last segment, we're joined by a UFC guest. You guys don't want to miss that. That's going to be a very fun interview um, to close the show today. We have to talk about most annoying combat sports fan bases. We don't got to give them Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. but if you had to give your most annoying which makes this tough because I have several. Yeah, so do I. But most annoying combat sports fan bases, who would it be? Boston, you got several, you start. All right, I'm going to go with modern day. He's uh, retired now, but they're still prevalent. I'm going to go with modern day Manny Pacquiao fans because they, they refuse to accept he's not the same fighter that we saw destroying Oscar De La Hoya. This is not a knock on Manny Pacquiao at all. It's simply the fans. They do, like, Manny Pacquiao could go in there with, like, both hands tied on his back and just take a bunch of punches, and they will still find a way to, like, find an, an optimistic spin on it. So it's just this blind worship of him. I understand. Ugas I do. Un- I, I do. I do understand why, given the, the importance he has to his country, given what he's done, the significance he held, the impact he holds there and all that, and obviously what he's done in the, the squared circle sells itself. It's just that it is so, so, a lot of it was the Floyd fight, how so many people blindly thought uh, thought he won that fight, which I get, I, you and Andreas have talked about it for years, don't know, we, we, we covered yeah. it, don't know what you were looking at. But aside from that, even just so, people thought that Spence had no chance, even though Spence was a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous matchup for Manny, given the size and the power alone. He would have knocked Manny he, out. I, I think he was going to, I picked him before it was called off to stop Manny yeah. later in the fight. And it's just, there's this, 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 there's been this this excessive worship of his skills that I don't mind because it's boxing. There's always going to be an emotional component, especially when the you know there's a cultural tie to it or an ethnic tie, a national tie. I understand that completely, but not so much where you diminish the skills of who he's facing. Okay, and that's the one thing I don't like because guess what happened? They did that to Ugas, and we saw what happened in that yep. fight too. And again, older Manny Pacquiao, not the same Manny Pacquiao, and they also can't seem to realize that the Manny Pacquiao who fought 147, you know, even 140, is not the same Manny Pacquiao who made his bones earlier in his career at those smaller divisions. And that's completely understandable because that's just how humans work. So that's one of them. I'd say man, I'd say Manny. Manny's up there. I, I mean, I saw six thousand Manny Pacquiao's fans. Yeah, cry. Right cry their eyeballs out when Marquez knocked him out and they thought he died. Yeah. Like they were literally he's, crying. He's not getting up, Jim. No, he's not getting up, Jim. He's not Man, getting up, Jim. You'd think Manny Pacquiao was shot. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh my God, I just... And, I'll, and since you guys have some, obviously I'll, I'll let you guys take it from here, but I'll throw one more in there. This isn't uh, necessarily surrounding a particular fighter. I can't stand the MMA crowd who likes to brag how much better MMA, I know this is a little specific, who brags how much better MMA is than boxing, and then the second a grappling exchange happens, they want to either stood up or they start booing. You, if that's the case, you Can't don't like MMA. Yeah. Exactly. If that's the case, you don't like MMA, you like kickboxing. And it's so funny how people like to emphasize how MMA is so much better collectively as a sport 
Yet ultimately, all they really want to see is more striking. And if that's the case, that's fine. I understand that. Yeah. Ultimately, most of the, the thrills and the, the, just the sheer violence and excitement comes in the striking exchanges, whether it be punches, kicks, knees, elbows, whatever. But you can't act like you're a fan of the sport as a whole if you boo every grappling scenario and, you know, Matt scramble. There's a lot of guys. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's and we saw this past fans. Saturday yes. with, with Aljo and Jan particularly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I just think in general, just like boxing old heads. Oh. Where it's just, you know, like the, the, the everything has to be a certain way. Yeah, type- and the second someone comes in and disrupts the system a little bit, they immediately hesitate. I, I, the, the my, like the best com- comparison I can put it to is like, like baseball fans yeah, who are all purists. about like the, the purists. The purists. Yep. Oh. Traditional baseball. Anyone bat flips and they're like, oh, we don't. Or baseball or swings on a three zero count. Yeah, How about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my, the green light. Yeah. How dare <laughs> you? Yeah. Or like when, um, yeah, like the the like Tony Larusa did it to uh the one guy in the White Sox. I wish Andreas was here for this, but like he hit the home run when they were up like Luis, I think. Yeah, it was like th- they were they were way up, and he hit a home run. He admired it, mm-hmm. and, and like Tony Larusa was like, "How dare you admire that?" Like, yeah. do we hit a home run? You know what that means? When he goes and signs his contract. That's a number that yeah. he can point to. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's him getting the bag. I'm doing my job. So yeah, he's yeah. gonna go up there in exactly. an individual sport and do the best that he can for him. And it's and for for boxing, it's like I think the best example is we have Jake Paul coming in here now, right? Yeah. And they say think what, it's ruining the whole sport. And it's like say say what you will, you can you can like him, you can hate him. Yep. That's not the issue. The issue is. You feel threatened. You feel threatened that like he's coming in, he's coming in and he's bringing in a brand new fan base to boxing. That's good for your sport. Whether you like him or good not, for your pocket. That's, yeah. it's not, it's Shout out to Jake Paul keeping me employed at a, that's all more numbers yeah. for me, right? Like it, it literally pays my salary, not just him specifically, but like he adds so much value. more numbers that I can do. No doubt. And I'm not even in the ring. And it's just like the people who are curmudgeons, a lot of them are like boxing writers or like people who've been around. And I understand you've seen the heydays. You've the seen traditionalists, the yeah. Yeah, you've seen the Four Kings. You've seen all this. And that's great. Whatever. You've seen the De La Hoyas, You've seen the Mayweathers. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all of that. Some of my favorite fighters come from those generations. I love it. I love the sweet science of it. But I also love a shit show. Like, entertain us. It, it bothers me when people think two things of boxing. When they... When they don't think two things about it. Yeah. And they forget that. One, at its core, boxing is a poor man's sport. It's a gladiator sport. It's the invention of a glove, which is very archaic in the beginning. Yeah. Like, the, the point of this is for two people punch two other people in the face. Like, that's, like that's, let's not try to pretty this up yeah, too much. Like, it's this prize is, fighting. This is what it is. Right. Yeah, like, if there's money involved, people will punch people in the face. Yeah. It's been like this throughout history. Yes. Um, cool. If, if you can bet on it... Specifically, shout out to the Romans. Like you, you'll put two people in some type of contained area and say, oh, this Andreas is says it best. He has the best way to put it. If you take three, you know, three different occurrences on a street corner, if you have someone playing catch, if you have someone playing one-on-one basketball, and if you have someone fighting, what's going to be the most appealing of the three? It's going to be the fighting every time. Yeah. And it's just, I hate when people act like that's not the case. And then the other thing is, is again, they forget that all this shit is just a carny sport. Yeah. Like it's pro it wrestling. It's it's legitimate pro, pro wrestling. wrestling. Like yeah. this, this wasn't done until you know the last what fifty years in like beautiful, well lit, just 
tens of thousand dollar ticket. That's what's so like, funny. That's too. not the core of the sport. So if you're a purist, you should then, like the gritty yeah, stuff. Hate that this shit's in the MGM. Hate that it's in T-Mobile. Yes. Hate that it's going to Abu Dhabi. Hate that, you know, Mayweather made a billion dollars. You want it in that. a bingo hall with a typewriter and a cigar and a fedora that's and it. an old school you, press You want to be able to cover this yeah. shit with a hand of whiskey. Yep. You, you don't want water with in the, the corner. F- you want beer. With the big yeah, old like, flash bulbs from like the 40s and the it. 50s. Like you yeah. you got to go back. Like if you're a purist, then be a purist. No one's a purist. Yeah. This is what it is. It's always been a carny sport. The people promote it like a carny sport. The promoters. This shit's all Ringling Brothers. Like the promoters are still like that. They're, there's a million belts. None of this shit is real. It's, it's all, all make believe. It's all fractured because yeah. the more you fracture it, the more entertainment entities you have within the sport itself a lot of times it prevents the fights from being made and it, it, it prevents the the growth and the progression of the sport but along along the way it also represents with what people really want in it. and it's like what you said a lot of times they don't realize what they want or like what we just talked about with the mma with the grappling and the striking you can't have it both ways yeah. and that's why it's so interesting that cole brings it up it's because you know that's the one kind of area where you draw the line in the sand with boxing and mma media how some are very, very hesitant to change and some are embrace it and some are a lot more, you know, just resistant all in all. And plus on top of what you guys are both saying, in no way has Jake Paul compromised the Tyson Furies, the Canelo Alvarez's, the Terrence Crawford's, any of them. They're all still fighting. They're all still fighting unifying titles right now, which is something that the sport has needed for a long time. It's finally happening. And Jake Paul has not stopped any of that. Only adds to it. So yeah, that does bother me. That's a good one, Cole. Like, I, I feel like always hitting people with, like, the Wolf of Wall Street, mm. like, clip where he's like, this is all just a fugazi. Yeah. And he's just like, none of this is real. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it's all a, a, fuga- a fugazi. fugazi. A fugazi. Yeah, it's, it's a wazi. It's a woozy. Like, yeah. It's that. Like, that's everything around it. It's all just about yeah. money. Like, it's prize fighting. Like, <laughs> yeah. All this shit is just everything it's there. It's a is circus. Fake. It's that's a it. traveling circus. Like, Jake Paul is just part of the circus. Yeah. So you you don't like the lion tamer, you rather the acrobats because yeah. they're more or the, skilled. the motorcycle like, cage. Yeah, it's like, all, everyone has a taste. But he, right. Yeah, sure, he's the bearded lady. But guess what? It adds to the circus. Mm-hmm. It's like, all part of the show. It's the more, all part the more of the acts show. you have, the bigger circus you that's, have. That's it. Huh? So, no, I, I like that. Mine, listen, I came in here expecting to say one thing. <laughs> I'm going to change it. I will give you what I was going to say originally. I... And I like the guy. I like the guy as a fighter. I appreciate what he did to sport, talking about bringing money into people's pockets. I'm always uh, an admirer of the ride Conor McGregor provided. Yeah. That period of time, there's nothing like it. If you go from the Mendez fight through the McGregor fight, or excuse me, the Mayweather fight, mm. we may never see another stretch like that no. in the history of combat sports. And I love Ali. I love all these things. Those are well-built careers sustained over time. You've seen Mayweather become the biggest thing in sport. That was a 20-year journey, 15, 15-year journey to become the biggest thing in sport. You, we, we've seen these people really have sustained careers. De La Hoya, any money makers in this sport, we've never seen a phenomenon like Conor McGregor did in three years. From He was damn near on welfare still. <laughs> like, But he goes from the Mendez fight and winning that interim title where he's supposed to fight Jose Aldo. It was like July yep. of that summer. To three years later in August, he's fighting Floyd Mayweather for a hundred million dollars, and he started that year in 2015 fighting Dennis Seaver on a television yeah. card. Like yeah. it's, so, between 2016 and 2019, the man completely like a three year run that we'll maybe never see. But I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> hate Conor McGregor, diehard fans. It's rough. Like, listen, 
it's okay to admit that it was a fun ride. Yeah. And it's over. That's it. Like everyone loves the the dependable Ford F one fifty that we could have for thirty <laughs> years, but sometimes, sometimes you just gotta get in this Lambo, get that sports car, and burn, burn it out, burn baby. it out, That's burn it, it out. Like, listen, I can't afford this this three thousand mile oil change, so, so I'm gonna ride yeah, it high when I can. This is this is yeah. it. It's we're here for a good time, not a long time. So those people who still think like, yeah, con- and I want to see him get title fights. I'm a proponent for that, but I like chaos. Like, I want to see him against Usman. Like I do. Like, <laughs> I, I hope his yeah. next fight is against Kamaru. I hope he comes back and Kamaru makes a shit ton of money because he deserves it. Yes. And he's going to mollywop Conor McGregor. And Kamaru needs someone big. That this way you could just say he just hasn't feasted on the welterweights yeah. three times you, over. You got to put yeah. Kamaru over. That's the next best way to do it. Yeah. I think that's great. I have no illusions of grandeur that Conor McGregor is going to win that fight. His fans do. Yeah. Like against Habib, it's like, yeah, this is all fun and games. I love the buildup. I love the dolly. That fight atmosphere is incredible. I knew he was going to get worked. The odds weren't even, at, he was like a minus seven. Habib was like a minus 600 favorite. It could have been 900. Yeah. And like, it would have been just. No, Habib yeah. was going to work him. Like stylistically yeah. from day one, that was a fight Connor was never going to Correct. win. Bad, bad matchup. So, but other people are just delusional. And, and his skills and, and their fandom sure. of him. Even the Poirier and, fight. like oh, And his ignorance away from the cage has always been like, cool, like flawed people sometimes are often great at what they do in terms of a career. Right. But you got to admit that he is a flawed person. And they can't do that. And they can't do that either. Like right. they, like, no, he did punch an old guy. Yes, he does have numerous accusations. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's not a good person. And now he's like a character of himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's become a parody. It's like a separate. Like he's, he's right. walking in front of the TV doing his little <laughs> walk when like, so, you know, he's like trying to challenge. Yeah. And he, but it's just like, dude, stop. He's like, going to be doing that. You're a clown. He's going to be doing that at 60. And that's what I think. I think Connor shows maybe how certain aspects of Floyd weren't appreciated enough. We could appreciate how Floyd was undefeated. We could appreciate Floyd, what he did as a, as a, a promoter and as a, as a marketer. We never tend to appreciate how he did both at the same time, mm. how he managed to make all this money while also doing the things that Conor McGregor has not been able to do as of late. We know Conor McGregor is going to continue to f- make money regardless of who he fights, but now there's always this element of doubt. And even in the past, against Mendez, against Aldo, against, I mean, how there were people making the case that Eddie Alvarez, you know, would be able to get, have yep. some success against him because of the grappling ability. Like, there's always been an element of doubt with Conor, and that's kind of played into the hype, into the festivities, but when he emerged victorious, it added to the mystique. Now, since he's not emerging victorious as often, unless it's against a washed Cowboy Cerrone, that mystique really doesn't seem and to be as strong now. That's all you need. Like, again, his best fight, probably against Jorge Masvidal. Because maybe he could beat Masvidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Masvidal takes him just, right. it's a four-round territory. It's the, cla- it's the classic name on card versus name yeah. on card. Yeah, like, um, no like Nate Diaz. It's like... Name on card, you, name you, on card. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. you could beat Nate Diaz. You could also get tapped out, mm-hmm. but you got a good 50, 50 chance. So like him and Jorge is like a good 50, 50 fight. He goes him, against, he goes against Kamaru. He's dead. He, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like it's dead. Dead. yeah, it's, it's a 99% to yeah. one I don't, chance. As a human being, we all love sanctioned violence yeah. here. I don't know if I want to see that. No, like <laughs> Connor has yeah. one chance and that's Kamaru for some reason mm-hmm. deciding to come in and be like, I'll stand up with you yeah. for a second and getting caught. Yeah. But Kamaru's not stupid. 
once that bell rings, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Like you can say I'm the most boring fighter in the world. Kamara's like, I've I've cleaned out this division not I, once. Yeah, I am an incredible wrestler, and this guy and has my hands have gotten for wrestling, and my hands have gotten way yeah, better. So I, yeah, I don't think he even tries on the feet. He wouldn't more than why would you bother? Seconds. Yeah, like it's it's down on the ground. The guy has no submission defense. When Habib got when Habib over. clipped him in round what was it round three, three yep. when he tagged him hard, that was just, he was just toying with him. He yeah. was basically showing, oh, I actually can box, yeah. and I'm going to take a bit a quick little three minute. A, yeah. a faint to uh, shoot. Exactly. The level changed. Sprawl. He dropped his hand came right over the top. top. And, and that's what's so funny. Like, Kamaro so, catch him with the same shit. Right. And if Kamaro hits him, he may take his head off. Yeah. So it's one of those things where Kamaro could just wrestle him the whole time. And yeah. even if he does want to mix in a big right hand, it could be dangerous. And the cardio there. ain't there either. If Kamaro just felt like the going cardio, around. And the cardio's like, never been there. No. Even so. in his prime, the, the wind tank or the gas tank and, you know, him getting winded and fatigued yeah. was always a factor in those Always. Bouts. So it's uh, interesting to see, but. Those fan, that fan base, like, bothers me a little bit. But for the sake of, you know, shits and giggles and, and upsetting people on this podcast, because I can't let Cole be the only people, person to upset fan bases. What I do? AEW fans. Oh, they're kind of like the Knights fans. Yeah. They're a lot you know like what? the Knights fans. They're entitled. AEW fans, and I'll put WWE fans. So you, so what you're Die saying, hard. yeah, you're saying like brand of fans of a brand, and not of the actual culture of the rest of just yeah. those two brands. Oh, it's, it's of religious one? when they pick one in like, but you yes. can't do the other Agreed. to I the point. It. Yes. It's cult like yeah. to the point where I've seen people, they completely shitted on Cody Rhodes for five years. Cody's back. back. Yay. This is so oh, good for the company. What a big, Oh, Oh, his entrance. <laughs> this is the biggest debut in the WWE in this long. Yeah. Look, he's a superstar. He's a main eventer. Like, yeah. Do you know where he was built into a main eventer? Because it wasn't here. It wasn't here. It here. Stardust. <laughs> like, it was over there. Oh, no, but you don't like that company. And the same thing. It's like, it's okay, AEW. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all right to admit, like, oh, yeah, we all love CM Punk. But if CM Punk was in ROH for the past 10 years, he wouldn't be the CM Punk that came and just... Set everything on fire. Same for with you. Danielson. Dan, like yeah. his run in WWE helped bring the star power that he is now. And it's okay to realize that. It's okay to realize that 85% of your main event picture was built in the WWE or NXT. Because Adam Cole is amazing. But Adam Cole, baby, and the big entrances and the Undisputed Era did more for him than PWG. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't star Adam Cole when he got to NXT. They made him feel like a star. I like Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. Tommy End was not this. Yeah. Aleister Black was. Yeah. And a lot of Andrade times, was not that. Yeah, you don't find your form until later. No, Keith Lee was an amazing wrestler. Keith got a huge rub of what he did in NXT. There's, there's a difference between a great wrestler, which they have in droves, and a star, and I want to call him superstar because that's horrible WWE lingo. Yeah. But like, and someone who's a legit main event star put butt in the seats. Yeah. And a lot of them learn that aspect of their characters, of their drawing power from WWE, more specifically NXT. So acknowledge it. It's cool. You don't got to hate that. I don't like what NXT is today. Mm-hmm. I can be objective. I like a lot of stuff in AEW. Some stuff I don't like. We, yeah, we've, we, we've, we've, we've come in this room and, and, and said so many praises about AEW yeah. and I, and I love AEW, but like 
we also sat and watched WrestleMania night two together yeah. and had a grand old yes. time. You yeah. could enjoy both. Yes. It's yeah. okay it's to enjoy both. There doesn't I, need to be a line in the sand. And isn't it ironic that. how the biggest problem with pro wrestling and as a whole has always seemed to be that line in the sand that ruined the territories that eventually resulted in the WWE buying out WCW and ECW fans have wanted competition for the WWE for so long. Yeah. And now that they have it, they're like, nope, can't and, do it. And also, and that's like, the worst thing. Door. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's right. the worst thing for competition is picking sides and what people don't mm-hmm. understand. Because it's like if you support both sides, the or, the profile of it is healthier as a whole. So the promotion who may be a little smaller, like AW is not small. They're run by a billionaire. But you got to make money. Even billionaires care about making money yeah. sooner or later. So like you want AEW to make more money yeah. than... Yes, you want the tide to float higher on WWE as well, because then AW gets to say, okay, our industry is worth this, pay me this. Yeah. And it helps There's them a stand- as a whole. There's a standard. standard. Yeah. If if WWE ratings tank and then you stop getting all the sponsorships, all the eyes, if Mania sucks and there's no mainstream coverage, then AEW ain't just gonna randomly start playing eighty thousand yeah. seat venues. No, like that's right. not the, that's not the case. Not how this works. Yeah. But if WWE does, then and they it's could, great. They could try to talk. Yeah. It. And then now yeah. AEW can go from what fifteen thousand here. The bigger show is like fifteen thousand. The one here is going to be fifteen thousand people. To oh, maybe we can try a thirty thousand, forty thousand seat football venue. stadium type football, of thing, like you yeah. know, or would, large baseball, whatever, yeah, maybe basketball venue. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you could get go, you could get plus yeah. thirty in there. Yeah, yeah. With the floor seat, maybe go thirty. Okay, now maybe we do do a football. Yeah. Or maybe we go to the UK yeah. and do the lower bowl over soccer state. Like, and we get like 40, 50. And then, yeah, because WWE still holds that up there. Like, oh, it can be done because they're still drawing and killing. So you, you want that to be both. That's why WrestleMania week is so great. Because these indie promotions realize, like... They all jump in. Yo, we're just going to... We're going to buoy off of this. Like, yeah. And, like, and that's why bo- you see boxing promoters now targeting football venues. Because they're all like, wait, if this lowly NFL team can do it, you take the two best fighters in the world at a particular weight for with numerous belts on the line on pay-per-view, we're going to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, everyone... The Chris Stevens fight is piggybacking off of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no shame in that. Right. People are going to be in this town. You should do that. Yeah, like, let's capitalize on this yeah. weekend. Or on this, so. and, every, and everybody likes competition. WWE loved competition so much that when they didn't have any competition, they tried to manufacture it within their and own see, company between Raw and SmackDown. By making a brand extension or a brand split. I mean, right. I went to the bragging rights pay-per-view at Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh. I saw it. <laughs> like, yeah. it. Was it great? No, but like, well, John Cena and Randy Orton was great. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like it, it's competition is only good. Mm-hmm. That's why wrestling's in the best state it's been a long time, a long yes. time, and we have so many good and there's so much better access. So it's not just WWE and AEW, but now Ring of Honor is going to. We're going to see what that looks like under the yep. AEW umbrella. You have GCW is doing great. GCW, yeah, exploding with great shows all over the place. So, so yeah, it's a uh, everybody. Great. Everybody, calm down, and just enjoy it. But that's my worst fan base in, in combat sports. Yeah. Um, before we hit the break. Let's just talk boxing real quick, uh, and then we'll finish up with UFC and our UFC interview Mm -hmm. to finish up the show. With boxing, I'll go through last weekend stuff because it's not like we have to really dive into it. Triple G is 40. 
but he's still good enough to beat Murata. So he is, which a, is, which is a statement. It is. Yeah. I mean, he looks slower. Definitely. Um, but the power is still there. Punch, you could take a punch to the face and that was great. The chin, the body punches mm-hmm. felt like they hurt a little more, mm-hmm. but you can't do shit about that when you're 40, like muscles just go and they go. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see now that he sets up as long as Canelo wins for a matchup with Canelo in September. Cause you look and you say, eh, you might be a little vulnerable to what Canelo does, but even in the end, he still has two belts. So the money train will continue. That's, even that's if name versus name. And it's a trilogy and it's a trilogy with their history and, it. and both fights granted where they are, they are in their careers. Now it's going to be a lot different. We're going to see that assuming Canelo's yep. successful. We're going to see that reflected at the betting counter. Understandable at this point of career. Canelo is substantially the better fighter, but with the, the, the way they they match up stylistically and the fact that both fights were controversial, this could be the first time where Canelo can say, now I can actually separate myself from the yep. main guy I've always been compared to. And it's also not at 160. It's going to be at 168, which is where Canelo is probably maybe the best it's ever been at that way, at least in the modern era. Yes. Yeah, so Leave it's, no it's doubt. Going yeah, exactly. To- Going to be good. Sets up perfectly for that. Um, Ryan Garcia versus Emmanuel Togo. I mean, Ryan Garcia hit to go with a jab in the first that opened his eyes. Hit him with a barrage of punches, but it was the right hand. And Ryan Garcia's strongest punch is his left hand, his lead left. Mm-hmm. But he hit him with a right hand in a second that had him spinning around, going into the ropes. It was a knockdown. And Togo wanted no more, no more parts nope. of that power. And he was on his bike for 10 rounds. And people were like, oh, it's so boring. Yeah, it's not necessarily Ryan's fault. No. He, Ryan hit him. He was like, oh. Mm, well, let me tell you, to, to, to go took his sweet time getting to the ring. He was milking all oh, this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, he was like, hey, I'm going to take my moment in the sun here. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. I'm going against Ryan Garcia. Oh. Oh, that hurt. Bye. I'm out of here. And it was this for. Uh, again, people look at him and he's like. He's an IG influencer. That's he's, exactly what I was going to no, ask he's you, a pretty boy. He's all, Okay, you right. think that. But when you get hit. Think that at your own risk. Yeah, right. like we, people say he hasn't fought anyone. Uh, ask Luke Camp. Yeah. Like he took, he dropped him. He was like, yeah, oh, I got this pretty boy. He took a body blow. I was like, oh, but shit. Believe it or not, fight over. he's more than just the Cobra bag. Yeah, And I mean, that's why I want to ask you as someone, you're a digital journalist covering that beat. You have your thumb on it as well as anybody. And he's someone who gives you constant, just this constant flow of content because he's so, yeah, you know, he's just so apparent there on the social media platform, so visible. Do you think that the reaction to that is, is this inflated and over-exaggerated because you think people are kind of looking for a problem, kind of like what they do with Floyd. Anytime Floyd mentions money, people immediately yeah. jump on the negative it's, because it's a, such a strong connotation at this point. It's a great gimmick to have mm. because you can be a villain without being a villain. Just being yourself as yeah, opposed to being quote unquote bad. I'm not even sure if that's himself anymore. Mm. That was Ryan Garcia. And again, I, I haven't talked to Ryan about this, no, but that was Ryan Garcia as a 16 year old kid. Yeah. That was Ryan Garcia as an 18 year old kid. When you're 16, you're 17, you're 18, you love Instagram. You love making IG videos. Like, you're 16, 17, 18. You should. He's now 23 years old. He has two kids. He's a professional boxer trying to get better at his craft. He has injuries. He's talked about his mental health and all this stuff. And a lot of expectations yeah. with others in a stacked weight class. Too. I don't yeah. think he gets the joy from social media that he got when he was a kid. But now it's part of the gimmick. It's what makes money. Into deep. So you keep going with it. Because it's an easy way to be hated without being, you're not dastardly. a bad guy. Yeah, you're, yeah, not, a, like, you're not dastardly. No, you're not you're, sinister. You're doing something that you understand in your space yeah. 
there's a bunch of older people who don't like social media. Like it's, the boxing. It's the, the boxing same, purists. It's yeah, the, the same, same thing they, as Jake they Paul. Yep. They don't Jake understand Paul it. Is, was influencer first, then boxer. Ryan, yeah. Ryan was boxer, then yeah. influencer. Yeah. But people automatically dismiss that like, oh, you love Devin Haney and his skills? What well, do you know Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia went three for three in the amateurs and they were the top two in America yep. when they were both fighting? And it was like, they were both better than Teofimo Lopez as an amateur, but Teofimo obviously has grown into his body. He's a different type of fighter. Better, better than Tank. I mean, Tank has the yeah, power. Tank and Tank never went amateur. Right, like, that's exactly. Not the, exactly. That's not the way right. Mayweather builds people. Exactly. But, yeah, Mayweather still, goes straight pro for the money. Yeah. But either way, Tank didn't have that pedigree until no. he was under the TMT yeah. banner. And we right. still don't know what Tank is. No, because like, if, he hasn't been tested enough. Yeah, if we... we don't know what Devin is. If you look at the best win out of all of them, Teofimo aside, has, yeah. Luke Campbell's the best win. Like, it is. He lost to Lomachenko yep. and Ryan Garcia. And Ryan stopped him when Lomachenko could. Like, and Lomachenko's the cream of the crop. In that, that lightweight. In that, in that yeah. division. So what are we talking here? Uh, Jojo Diaz is nice, but he won his belt at 130. And Devin Haney... Didn't stop. We're gonna mm-hmm. see if these worlds do indeed collide. Well, yeah, oh. like we're, we're on a collision is course. Great. Cambros is great, and it'll look like a great win. And that's gonna be for Devin if Danny's Devin's able to win. If he does, that will be a phenomenal win. win. But even I was at that fight with Teofimo. That wasn't Teofimo. Not the Teofimo we know. Oh, like no. The guy had a hole in his esophagus. Yeah. He had a horrible camp coming into it. And he's been struggling at that weight, maintaining yeah, that weight when anyway. When it's a natural 140 guy. It was yeah. tough. It, to be fair, he could fight at 147. Oh, he's a big dude. Yeah. So when you look at that, it was like he didn't come in the top of the tops of that fight. That fight was delayed five times yes. due to Triller. That fight was supposed to happen in like no, mid-summer? It was, but then Teofimo yeah. caught COVID, COVID so and all that. After, yeah. It was supposed to happen in September. It was official for November 4th on Triller. Yeah. Official for November 5th on Triller when they moved it to Brooklyn. And then Triller was like, oh, no, we don't got the money to pay. Bounced, went to zone, and then finally happened in, like, December. And it was last minute with Triller because so, Triller had, like, everything laid out. Yeah, they had their broadcast team. A ton yeah. to cut weight, not cut weight, cut weight, not cut weight for mm-hmm. a guy who already can't make the weight. Then went in there, got dropped, was getting to school for a little while, and still almost stopped George Cambosis in the 10th. Cambosa was saved by the bell mm-hmm. and then come back out. And Teofimo was like, well, I gave my last of my gas tank in the 10th and then lost 11th and 12th and end up losing a fight. But if you go into the 10th, one, they both got dropped once between that. It was a five round versus five round fight with two guys hitting the ground. And it's, it's what you're saying. That whole division right now is pick your poison. And we like yeah. to make it think that it's not because of the immediate results Ryan we've seen. Could yeah. end up the best out of the four right. or five. It's, too, it's still too and early I, to tell. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like to me, the the four kings comparison is great because it's unfair though. It's unfair. It's unfair. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I get what you're saying. For this generation, it, like it it's helps. okay to have like a, a four princes, but like they all bring something different and they can all lose to each other. And stylistically, the matchups just work that way. Because if I look at Teofimo, to me, he reminds me a lot of. Uh, in that comparison of the four of the four, we can yeah. even say, I love because of the four, you, there's like the loose fifth, which is Benitez. Yeah. But there's like the four. Is that he's like the, but uh, I, get what you're, no, I get what you're saying. But yeah. yeah. Like of the four, there's a comparison for Teofimo of the four. Devin Haney's probably a little more like sugar. Ray, a Ray Leonard. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's, I mean, you look at Hagler, that's definitely tank. No doubt. So like yeah. Ryan is Hearns where you got like a little less power than tank, but, and, and but some, you're still there. Yeah, yeah. And some athleticism with yeah. the body type. Yeah. Yeah. So like, who, and all, then who's Duran Loma, I guess. No, Duran is, is Teofimo. Oh, right, 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 right. right, right. You're right. at your, 
at your most capable, at your your ceiling. You're the most you dangerous. You could beat Loma. Yeah. And you're one of the best fighters in the world. Like Durant did to Leonard. But, yeah. yeah, and you could beat Leonard. Yeah. But if you don't take shit seriously and you eat yourself out of the division. Yeah. And Leonard comes back and whips your ass and you say no mas. That's, that was Teofimo's no mas moment. Is everything went wrong. Yep. When it, did, when it couldn't have gone wrong, yeah. But at people, his best, he's could, the most dangerous. Yeah, people and, look uh, at Nomas and then forget that Duran went on to win four more titles in different divisions and after. They, and they forget how one-sided the 1980 fight, the brawl in yeah. Montreal when Duran beat Leonard, how one-sided yeah. that was. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where Teofimo could go on and win belts in three more divisions. I agree with that. I think, I think people have unsubscribed off of T.O. way, way too soon. And Cambosis is a good fighter. fighter. And he caught him on a great night. Yeah. So um, it's interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, Michaela Mayer beats Jennifer Hahn, which is great. At this point, she just needs to unify. Yeah. It doesn't look like. We'll see her front row for Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. Yeah, because it doesn't look like anyone at 130 pounds on the zone wants to fight her. Um, so. You can't unify in that division. What you can do is vacate your belts, move up, and become automatic contender. Go in a different water. At 135. Yeah. Different waters. Yeah, you uh-huh. automatically become number one contender. And uh, Katie Taylor, I like that matchup. Amanda Serrano, I don't personally. <laughs> but because uh, she gets, I mean, it's gonna, gonna Michaela be gets hit a lot. Yeah. But Michaela, much like many of these women, which props to women's boxing, I love their mentality. Like, yo, let's go for all the belts. If I lose, who cares? Yeah. Like they honestly don't care about having a zero in it's, the loss. It's, yeah, and it's it's uh it's like the ceiling floor type. So, yeah. It's it's a it's a much different gap in terms of the ceiling and the floor that it is in men's boxing. They understand, yeah. and this is the difference. There's no, I'm going to pay Tank Davis four mil to fight Isaac Cruz or Rolly Romero. Yeah, they, they don't have that luxury. They don't. Yeah, to make money, life sustaining money. You can, the only way to get big checks is to fight the best mm. and to fight for a ton of belts. Right. So this win-loss record, I could care less because right. the only way to make decent money is to fight the Kaylee Taters, to fight the Amanda Serranos, right. to get different promotion, Jake Paul and everything. And that's so, why Cl- that's- Cl- Clarissa Shields being as aggressive as she is verbally in terms of like campaigning for that, she's smart to do that in her own right. No, definitely. And then um, we have... Spence Ugas coming up this week. Um, looks like, I don't know, what time is it? We might not have time to touch on the UFC 273, so maybe I save that for next weekend. Um, but we still have a great UFC interview, so you guys don't go anywhere. That'll be fun, and that'll be our little UFC segment for today. It'll just be boxing, and it's cool. On we, Sunday, did, we did talk we about UFC. a lot of UFC fan base. Yes, yeah, but we, we got, we got, UFC got We had to, you know, yeah. exercise we, the We teams. can go through. But, and ultimately, it's all, all what we expected anyway. Volkanovski being the premier 145-pounder yeah. in the world, and Kamazot uh, Kam- being a, proven to be a really a talented fighter. fighter, but Burns proven to be a worthy opponent who was being overlooked. It's more about what's next yeah. for everyone on that call. Yeah, so including, yeah include, to, including Aljo. Yeah, so yeah. it could wait until Sunday. But to wrap up with boxing, Spence versus Ugas, three titles in a welterweight division mm-hmm. this week. Ugas, to his credit, I went and watched Sean Porter fight again. It was a lot closer mm-hmm. than the judges had it. I was like, ah, Sean's my boy. Sean got the, I'm the champ, you got to beat the The champ. nod type. Yeah, yeah. like you, you got to take it from the champ. Yep. That was razor thin. Manny was clearly he couldn't solve the puzzle on short notice. Mm-hmm. That was Ugas. Mm-hmm. That Cuban style is different. 
So if you don't really prepare for it, he ain't going to give you much to hit. And now that they got the green light to go pro, I'm so oh, happy to see where that. that goes in the future. Love it. Because um, they, they dominate amateur like it's nobody's business. Exactly. So my goodness. So that's going to be great. Um, and it's going to be interesting, too, because you have someone like Spence who uses things that a lot of fighters, especially a welterweight, like the jab, a lot of great welterweights use the jab on a def- this boxer's period, use the jab in a, for you know, a defense mechanism. Much like Golovkin, Spence uses it offensively. He could use it while coming forward. He mixes it in with his, you know, his in-close pocket type of sequences, mixes in with his combinations. When fighters, like, use that jab as a weapon, much like Golovkin did just last Saturday against Moreta, like, that, those are the type of things that... I think people are sometimes gloss over. And since we haven't seen Spence in a while, given the fact he pulled out against Manny, I think people are going to kind of have a, a realization, kind of like a snap back to reality where they realize Spence still is for good reason, right next to Terrence Crawford as the one everyone is expecting to be the, you know, the, the leader of the way, the torchbearer for 147. Spence was in the crowd for the, for the Crawford Porter. Yeah. Right. And like he just immediately walked walked out. out. (laughs) Yep. So like, there's definitely, I feel like this kind of like, image of, of him of that that like, yeah. we're forgetting like how good of a fighter and he is we're exa- gonna find out absolutely and Ugas is a, a more than worthy opponent as yeah. you just mentioned that Pacquiao fight he couldn't figure it out and Ugas just has that relentless Cuban style they're good in the pocket but they're also like like not I, I what's the uh, sneaky athletic is the term that they use in football which is a cliche yeah. I hate but a lot of times in Cuban boxers you see that like Luis Ortiz was like 41 years old and is out there moving around yeah. like against Deontay Wilder like he's like 20 well, something if your style is predicated on not being hit yeah you get some longevity yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so like you're they're not going to overly engage and put themselves out the danger there. it's very so. it's very in and out in the pocket yeah. out of the pocket in so, the pocket out of the pocket. a lot yeah. of times though in professional judging that hurts you. Not because, aggressive enough. Yeah, like yeah. if you don't land the bigger punches, you really get docked in yeah. professional boxing. You can't just pepper someone. And that's why Canelo was um, so successful because Billy Joe Saunders and Kayla Plant yeah. had a lot of success with like basic linear punches and, and the jab. They couldn't hurt Canelo. No. Where Canelo hurt both of them. And you get a lot of rounds for doing that. Yeah. So looking at this fight, though, I expect, of course, Errol Spence to win. Mm-hmm. But I say that to say this. I don't think we're ever going to see what Errol Spence was. I don't think this is pre, the same Errol pre Spence. car accident, or I don't think he's been this way for yeah pre car like the show, but four the, years. The, Port, the Porter fight was probably um, the last, and he was tested in that fight because Porter was a dog yeah. walking him down, really exchanging I, with him. But Errol Spence is a very big welterweight, very with very small power. He has to systematically break you down That's or right. overwhelm you. It's the you. jab. It's the jab, jab and the like, combos more than the sheer. No one's yeah. scared of his power. He doesn't starch anybody. He beats people down. This he doesn't is, full-blown just, yeah, yeah. This is not going to be an exciting fight. Mm. And that's the biggest problem. He will win. But it'll be a grind. It's not going to be exciting. He hasn't been exciting since the Porter fight. And that's what's tough. Because Danny Garcia was a dog fight too. Yeah. It was ugly and he won. Yeah. But it wasn't pretty. No. Um, Mikey Garcia. Swept him on the cards. And that and that a lot of, that was a size advantage. Yeah, and that was size. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get him out of there. Yep. I would have picked him to stop Pacquiao, but maybe not. And that's why a lot of people, despite his size advantage against Crawford, even like Crawford, because Crawford's a killer. Yeah, he's he a has dog. The, he has the killer instinct. The, and his power. Blood in the water. Pound for pound, Crawford is stronger than Errol yes. Spence. Yeah. Pound for pound, Crawford's one of the hardest hitters I've ever yeah. seen. So, like, yeah. He's, yeah. he's twice as strong. That just so. becomes, that just becomes, like... Yeah, well, money and contract issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. So At which, that point, I, the, I, the powers who, that be. I feel like knows. after this, yeah. networks, we're, all that. We're, we're going to get them 
Is Crawford ringside for this? No. Um, yeah, you know, you I'll know, tell better. You, why yeah, I was saying, you know, better, you know, better than anyone, right? <laughs> We're not seeing this one. Uh, I, I'd be shocked to see him sure. ringside. Um, cause I think I knew where his career was trending and, uh, it may have hit a hiccup this week. So uh, right. I'll tell you about that off air, but so I'm not sure he yeah. is ringside. For not this fight. is the final. Yeah. But I, I think we see that fight September, October, November. It has to. Cause I think more so now than ever. Crawford has run out different options. He has to take whatever deal. Hopefully he signs a, this new wave in boxing. You sign a two fight deal for like a rematch. Right. Maybe like, cool. If I beat him, I'll fight Spence again. Which or you can move up. And but it's smart. Because- give me a second deal and pay me what I deserve in the second deal. Cambosi just did that and cashed out. And given the fact that one is a PBC guy, one's a top rank guy, that eliminates the. Well, he's gone from top well, rank. Well, no, he was before. Yeah, yeah. But like when you see that, like when we saw that with now he is, but we saw that with Wilder and Fury, the second fight was a big deal because it was a top rank ESPN joint so production with Fox. But then the third one was easy. They didn't even have to, they skipped no, that. They sent the deal. They sent it right. They knew what they were doing because they set the standard for the second one. Yep. So when you have those networks at play, that kind of gets erased too Super because easy. now since it's a package, you know it's going to automatically ensue. Devin Haney against Cambosis. Exactly. You have to sign for a three-fight deal yeah. with ESPN and top rank because yep. they're like automatic rematch if you beat Cambosis. And then after that, we're not leaving Loma out. In the and that's dark. what Loma and so, Tio didn't get to do because Tio yeah. had the contract squabble with Aram and top rank soon after yep. that fight with Loma. Um, so it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, let's let's go. It's all set up. It should yeah. be nice and easy. So we'll see what happens after this fight really quick on the before, weekend. Before we get out of here, uh, assuming that Spence wins that fight, we I'm assuming all three of us have him to peg him, peg him to win the fight. If he does so, what do you think the odds in the Crawford fight are going to be? Oh, Spence will be favored. Like, like, what do you think? The how steep? Um, how steep do you think it'll be? Not steep at all. I don't. I don't think he stops Ugas. Right. So it's it's not a pick him minus two thirty over you. So you pick you pick Craw, uh, over Crawford. I'm saying yeah. So you so if he Spence will be minus so because Spence is likely going to win decision. I I think he's going yeah. to. And then because of that, that'll be enough to get about a minus two thirty two forty. Yeah, that's it. Chalk over Crawford. Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking. I think it would be less than three to yeah, one. That's, it yeah. should be less than that's three a, to one. You yeah. got three belts. Yeah, 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 yeah. we got we got to make you a gotta, favorite. Gotta respect. And some people maybe it's bet down. Right, exactly. And some yeah. people you know, still have Crawford as the best pound for pound yeah. guy in the world. It's Canelo, obviously. Yeah. But, but yeah. a lot of people make the case for Crawford and the betting handle will do exactly what you said. Plus money on Crawford is they will bet down. They'll Spence will get a bigger price or they'll drop yeah. the price just so they could get more action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause a plus money on Crawford is you yeah. might yeah. take that and run to the bank. Right. So that, um, that gap will shrink out the yeah, books quickly. Quick. Yeah. So in a few no, but I, I think that's just, no, that's that's home field advantage, mm-hmm. right? In the NFL, you get three points. Like that's yeah. that's what they're, that's yeah. what they're giving him. And bookies and bookies do tend to look at bigger, you know, bigger, yeah. stronger guys. Even though Crawford pound for pound is more powerful, three the size advantage, one, right. casual, you can sell right. it. Um, right. But yeah, no, I mean, I look forward to a fight. I think it's going to happen. Appreciate both of you, gentlemen, Absolutely. for joining me, Brett Lawson, producer Cole, baby. Appreciate you we guys. Co- we covered the spectrum. Yes, we really uh, did. But yeah. now I got to kick you guys off the set because I got an interview to do. Um, you guys don't go anywhere. Last thing, man. I'm going to do a UFC interview. It's going to be fun. You guys will see when you stick around. And then, yeah, I guess on Sunday, we'll cover UFC, wrap everything else up, put a nice little bow on that. Um, we'll see what the opening segment is. Producer Cole Bay Bay may be very, very worried because the Nets game will be on that day. And the oh, Nets may be we got already blowing out Boston and Cole's whole 
whole mentality on his back could change. So are we going to burn the DCs on the set if you wind up losing? We, we Is that what we're going to do? We I'm, figure this I'm, out. Already, I'm already thinking. <laughs> okay. Right, I'm already I, thinking what kind of promo I'm going to shoot with those, I with those DCs. Uh, I don't even have to worry about it. I'm that confident. Ooh. So I appreciate you guys. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We have a great UFC interview coming up right after this. All right, everybody, as you know, the UFC just keeps rolling. Another great card coming up this weekend on the back of the pay-per-view that we just talked about. We're joined today by Andre Fialio. Andre, thank you for taking time out during fight week. I know it's always hard, especially during the weight cut and everything else. Thank you for uh, joining me today. First and foremost, how are you feeling? How are you feeling coming you into this fight? Me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, feel amazing. In shape, sharp. And um, ready. That's ready always to good. To fight. <laughs> no, always good to come into camp healthy. We we talk to so many fighters, and they're always like, "Hey, you're never a hundred percent healthy, right?" Like going into a fight, like you always banged True. up a little bit and nicked up. When it comes to you, what is a hundred percent for you on fight night? Like, do you feel like okay, as long as the weight cut went well, I'm 100%, or is it a mental thing? What is your 100% yeah. for fight night? I feel I feel it's a mental thing. If my mind's good and I'm good inside and I feel good, my, I can control my emotions, I'm 100%. Because like you said, we never 100%, bust, bust a toe, bust a finger, rib, shoulder, I don't know, leg, knee. <laughs> we all is injured, it's too much contact. But uh, if the mind is right... I'm 100%, and I, I feel I feel good. I have amazing energy. I'm in shape, and uh, I'm ready this time. With all that being said, stepping into the octagon, you do all of this for possibly 15 minutes, right? Like, it's all, this exactly. training, all these months for 15 minutes. How exciting is it for you when you step out in there? Or maybe not just exciting, how rewarding is it when you go into the octagon and you get to pay off all of this hard work. And then after the fight, is there like a letdown? Like, is there emotional drain? Like your adrenaline's gone. Like you're like, man, I wish I could fight again tomorrow, but you know, you have to go back yeah. into training. Like, what is that? What is that feeling like for you emotionally going through a fight? Yeah. It's, it's, it's never easy. And, um, when I'm in shape and I, 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 I feel like I barely get injured because I'm sharp and normally I finish the fights early and uh, I always want to fight more. Last year I wanted to fight like a lot of times, but I didn't have the opportunity. Um, I was calling out my manager a lot, but uh, I couldn't. Now I'm, I'm in the in the USC and uh, I have the opportunity to fight a lot. Uh, there's two cards in Vegas after, hopefully, maybe, or maybe I can, I can stay here and I can get in. And uh, I want to stay active this year. As long as I'm healthy, I want to stay active and um, compete a lot. That's how I grow. That's how I get better. That's um, how I feel after every fight. I want to compete again. We've talked to several people on this show where, just like you, like you say, you signed to UFC. You're like, hey, I'm in Vegas. And a lot of them do stick around. And then they end up maybe a late opponent, you know, a late replacement opponent two weeks later, three weeks later. Is that something where as a fighter, I don't want to say how important, but like, is that something you're willing to do 
And is there a huge difference going through an eight week, 10 week camp or fighting on two weeks notice? For me, there is not a difference anymore because uh, I've changed my li- life after not the, the defeat I got in the UFC. It was short notice, but after my last defeat, I've changed my life. I don't do camps no more. Uh, this is what I do every day. I don't eat sugar. I don't drink soda. Uh, I've changed my life and uh, this is what I do. So uh, I'll never be unprepared again. You know, um, unfortunately, I had something uh, personal and uh, in my family that didn't allow me to be ready for that fight. But uh, um, from one year from now, uh, or one year ago, I've tried to change that. And I, I, um, I tried to stay ready. And um, I'm not going to be young forever. As long as I'm healthy, I want to compete as much as possible. What was that first, now is the time. What was that you, first UFC fight like? Because again, anyone who's following your career through different promotions, you've beat former UFC fighters. Like legit UFC fighters, you know, they weren't and you fought them in other promotions and you picked up wins. But what was different about this UFC debut outside of it being like short notice, you're stepping in like, hey, this is my chance. But what was different between, okay, I'm finally here in the UFC compared to where you fought before? Well, in the beginning, I didn't realize, but after I go through the whole process, it's so much different. There's so much more professional. And the whole thing itself, it's, they take care of you, you know. Um, I felt so relaxed because I had nothing to worry about. Uh, I had cramps, I remember, in the fight week, during fight week, and while I was having a massage uh, by the USC therapist. And uh, I didn't even had to do nothing. The nutritionist came, they gave me magnesium, extra meals, everything to take care of what I had. So I was very relaxed. It's a whole different level. And it was an amazing experience to fight in front of uh, 18,000 people. And my workout song gave me goosebumps and amazing feeling. I, I, I wanted to fight against, again, in front of an audience. Um, I got addicted to it and I won it again. But uh, they offered me this fight and I couldn't say no, even... Uh, less than a month after my debut. So how can I say no? This is all I want. Stay active and compete. So I'm grateful for the opportunity and I can't wait to perform. Talking about that Saturday night. Okay, a couple less people in the building by like 17,000 people or so. (laughs) But uh, again, a ton of people watching on TV. It's a great platform. You have the chance to come out and be, I guess, a little more prepared than you were for your last fight. How much do you have to study your opponent heading into this fight? How much do your trainers, your corner, everyone have to really break down an opponent and make a game plan? Or do you just go in there and say, I'm just going to be the best me, and I think that's good enough to win? No, um, I think we, we, we all should have a game plan, uh, depending on the, the opponent's skill set. And, uh, yeah, I've studied him a lot. I've watched a lot of tape from, of him. He has a lot of UFC fights, so... I was lucky that I could I could watch that. Um, but yeah, I always try to be my best. I always try to grow. I always try to develop each day in the gym. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a, a game plan for this guy. Uh, I study him, and uh, I think I'm ready. I don't think I am ready. You look ready. <laughs> um, so, you. you know, confidence through the roof. You're successful on Saturday. When would you want to come back and step back into the octagon? You said you want to stay busy. Oh. Hopefully on the 23rd. I think there's another card on Vegas. Maybe the next week or the other week. There's two cars here in the Apex. Maybe I can stay here. I'll call out Dana White and say maybe I can fight again. Or I would love to fight May 7 in front of audience. One of the three options. Either 23rd 
30 or May 7. So, I mean, that's a good card in Arizona. It. It's not, you know, it's stacked. I'm sure they're looking for more heavy hitters on the, on that card. If right now, perfect scenario a year from now where I talk to you again next year, April, where are you in your career? Where are you in the UFC a year from now? Top five, hopefully. Chasing that belt. Do you see it happening uh, that fast? Like we, we see a guy like Hamzat just fought last weekend. It's taken him five fights and he's number two. Yeah. Do you see like that path is open for more fighters? No, no, I don't think I'll, I'll go through that path. I have a couple of rematches I want to do. Uh, a couple of guys I want to fight. Um, but I don't know. The goal is the, the belt. And um, I wrote down that I would be in the UFC at 2021. And uh, I was 2022 January. And I wrote down that I'm going to be a champion in 2024. So let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see what happens. And um, I'm going to stay focused like never before. Stay dedicated and uh, we'll see. Man, I thank you. I really enjoy watching your fights. It's always entertaining. Everyone's going to enjoy watching you on Saturday. Thanks so much. Thank you, I have no, no doubt that you're going to go out there prepared. Let's get this win and then look forward to seeing you back in the Octagon really quick. Um, I'm rooting for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Andre. Can't wait to perform. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Andre Faleo joining us today. Um, again, exciting fighter. Good card this Saturday coming up. Uh, we talked about last Saturday and the pay-per-view and everything. Some good, scrappy, just heavy-hitting matchups this weekend. The UFC is not slowing down. They're not taking breaks. Good fights on every card. This is one of them. Make sure you guys tune into that. We appreciate you tuning into the show today. Uh, I can speak for producer Cole Bebe. And for my boy, Brett Lawson, we appreciated you coming through, listening to us talk basketball, rivalries, uh, all the fight cards. We've had a blast. I'll be here in studio physically the next couple of shows. So I really appreciate that until I go to London for Tyson Fury, which is a whole different aspect of things. And even then, we'll find a way for me to call in internationally and call <laughs> to make this work. I don't know. That's going to be the next thing. Has anyone called in internationally for... Oh, listen, we've done it here at Blue Wire Studios. So it's not, uh, I can't be another first at Blue Wire Studios. Usually the corner podcast is used to those things. But uh, we'll figure that out. It is going to be amazing. Shout out to everyone here. Shout out to everyone in production and booth that makes it work. Antoine, Brian, everybody, thank you so much. Again, if you guys are in Vegas, want to stop by, it's going to be a busy summer. We have AEW coming through. We have the Canelo fight. We have Shakur Stevenson. There's just so much here in Vegas coming up in the next couple months. If you guys are in Vegas, stop by Wynn Resort here, Blue Wire Studios. You guys can hear us. It's like a whole fishbowl thing. We can chill. I can say, what's up? You guys say, God damn it, Kel, through the window, and I would know you're saying it because I can read lips. So, uh, no, it, it'll be amazing. We appreciate you all. Follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast, underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube page. You can see this pretty face and everyone else. Um, the Corner Podcast. In a couple of weeks, you'll be able to see a baby-faced producer Cole Bebe on that YouTube channel because I am that confident I'm winning this bet. Don't bring up that I've never won a bet on this show. It's 2022, baby. The times are changing. The DCs are staying around. The promo I cut with these black DCs after I win is going to be legendary. Cole, all right, you know, enjoy that beard while you got it. 
this this is the new equivalent of a hair versus mask match. This is like where we're in Triple A in Mexico, where it's going down. It is a beard versus DC's match here at the Corner Podcast. We appreciate you all. Stay safe. Stay Rona free. Still out there. Till next time, I'm out.